You are listening to the Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 89. Oh, Timmy, you tried, but your date with reality was set in stone since the day you signed with Jacksonville. Let me say this. There is something to admire about someone who never gives up on their dreams. That is certainly something for the kids to look up to. But come on, man. Can we be done now? Being an NFL quarterback wasn't it. You can't be a quarterback if you can't throw a spiral. Baseball wasn't it. And trying to become a blocking tight end at 34 years old, eight years gone from the league, wasn't it. Not a lot of nicer dudes in sports, but it's time for the Tebow train to go back to maybe TV. That's what he was good at, I think. And you should always strive to be doing something you are absolutely good at. Let's roll. everybody it's the common ground football podcast episode 89 a delayed season three premiere part two i've titled it overreaction just got through week one of the preseason uh i apologize for not getting an episode out last week we get i get the podcast up and running again and i immediately miss it um i'll be honest with you uh life is crazy right now my six-year-old son, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, he was like three or four when we started this. Um, he's six now, just turned six. And last week uh, was hockey camp for him. So every night um, from 5.30 to 7.15, I had to take him down to our local rink. And uh, he got to play with four to eight-year-olds and uh learn more about the game and um, get himself set up so that when he does the house league which starts in october he uh will be a little better um so yeah doing that made me exhausted along with working all day in my full-time job and uh i wasn't i wasn't in the mental space to sit down and and give you guys a good show so i didn't because I always want to make sure I give you guys a good show. Uh, I know I've done this podcast uh, sick as can be sometimes and always felt like crap afterwards for not being able to give it 100% effort. So, um, yeah, uh, this is your first time listening. My name is Brian McLaughlin. I'm a giant Seattle Seahawks fan. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Uh, we are covering the NFC West, the NFL, and then, of course, my Seattle Seahawks. And um, this is episode two of the new season of season three. And um, we got a little bit to go over. We'll talk about preseason week one. Um, there wasn't much to talk about. And then uh, we got some NFL news. I want to hit more on the Tim Tebow, if you heard that in the intro there. Uh, we'll do a quick zoom around the NFC West. We'll, of course, talk Seattle Seahawks. I'm kind of glad that I waited a week because there's been lots of big news that hit just today and then uh dennis from ohio makes his triumphant return with his question of the week and then we'll get the hell out of here so not too much 
but not too little. Hoping to, as I always say, keep it under an hour. Uh, we don't know. Uh, also, if you um, were catching that at the beginning there, uh, completely different opening theme music. So uh, we did one for um, last week's episode or two weeks ago. And then I'm going to try a new one until we get to the regular season. And then I'm going to have you, the listeners, pick which one we're going to roll with for the entire um, NFL season. So that was called um, Wet Dog, I think. So two weeks ago was Are You Ready? That was called Wet Dog. Um, I have two more, and I um, will try to squeeze in two more episodes before we kick off the season. So you'll be able to help me choose. Um, Hopefully you like that one. I did. It's always fun. Makes you feel like you're starting a radio show, which, of course, is my fantasy and my dream. So um, I say we just kind of rock and roll here and get right into it, and we'll start with preseason week one. And, uh, yeah, that happened, and, yeah, that's over. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I know I have listeners from uh, several fan bases, and I'm not sure how it went for maybe your team. Um, but it was very uh, pathetic and sad for my Seahawks. So I don't really, I don't really want to talk about it. You don't have a lot. You didn't uh, hardly any starters played um, around the league in general. Um, it was messy. And it was it was gross. And really, and honestly, we'll 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 just do it again here on Saturday. <laughs> so there isn't much to talk about. It was definitely one of those games uh, in the Seahawks world to definitely forget. I'll hit on it a little bit more when we get to my uh, the Seahawks section of this, but um, the the best part about preseason week one is that um, it means when it's over, you've only got a couple more weeks to go until the regular season starts, and the games matter because when they don't matter, um, they're not great. But let's face it, the preseason now, especially with a 17th game added to the regular season, which means we only get three preseason games, uh, which I'm not complaining about at all. I, I'm not a huge fan of the 17th game in the regular season, but losing a preseason game never made me cry. They're awful. You get one game out of the – when it was four of them, you got one game that maybe you got to see your starters play an entire half, and even then you were still freaking out hoping none of them got hurt. So the preseason is is going to be used exactly how um, it should be. It's going to be a chance for the players that aren't guaranteed starters, especially in the Seahawks atmosphere where it's always compete. It's going to be an opportunity for those players who are not automatic starters to really show off what they can do in a game, a real life game atmosphere, not just at practice. And hopefully get a spot on the team because the, the hard, honest truth here is that we have to get the team cut down and you know, you started with 90. I think they just dropped it down to 85, right? And then, you know, eventually you got to get down to 53. So, or do they add, I got to, <laughs> did they add uh, add one for the, the extra game? They might have done that. Um, but anyway, you still have to get it down quite a bit. And so there's a lot of these guys that aren't going to be on a team. This is their chance. So you have to have the preseason, but it doesn't mean we have to enjoy it, really. So... It is what it is, and we move on to week two uh, this Saturday. Uh, there'll be more games, more cuts afterwards, more bad performances, maybe some good ones. I don't know. Um, I hope nobody gets hurt. We'll see. 
Uh, let's move right on to NFL news. The big news, I hit on it in the intro, the big news that happened today that wasn't a Seattle Seahawk. Um, there was a couple things. One, uh, we'll start right with the, with Tim Tebow. I hope that that didn't come off my 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 um, cold open there didn't come off as like I don't like Tebow because I do. I think I think like like I I did say one of the nicest guys in sports. However, I couldn't stand watching him as an NFL quarterback. Um, I always thought that he should have been a running back. Um, I at one point thought maybe tight end, but that was proven to be uh, not the right move. Uh, so it's not that I don't like Tim Tebow. I think Tim Tebow is, is great. Um, I think he's great on TV. I think the guy needs to be back broadcasting when he was doing college football games, um, pregame stuff. I thought that was good for him. I thought that was a good spot for him. I thought that fit him really well. Um, but trying to, trying to come in and be a t- you've been out of the league eight years and you come back and you try to become this this tight end when you're just you're just, it's just not you buddy you know you you just it's not and i i understand you got a dream and, and all that good stuff but jaguars cut him today um here was tebow posted a message on twitter said thankful for the highs and even the lows the opportunities and the setbacks i've never wanted to make decisions out of fear of failure and i'm grateful for the chance to have pursued a dream um thank you to the jaguars organization and everyone who has supported me in this journey and we know that god works all things together for good uh not a religious person myself but i know that he is and so glad that he finds comfort in that uh now they brought him in on the 20th of may as a tight end uh he played 16 snaps in their loss to the browns on saturday and everyone if you have not seen the video of him attempting to block go watch it and it'll explain to you right there in a visual just a little video short little video on why he is no longer on a roster it was really really bad <laughs> so um, I didn't think that he'd be, you know, able to be worse at something, uh, than being a quarterback and tight end is it not good, not good at all. So, um, I think the, the biggest thing with Tebow is, and I heard this a lot today. So everyone knows I, I listen to sports talk radio all day. Um, mostly Fox sports radio. Now, um, ESPN radio's lineup sucks and I don't listen to him anymore. So, um, I had a lot of a lot of Doug Gottlieb today because he he's covering for Dan Patrick, and and then of course the herd uh, with Colin Cowherd, and the theme across all the shows that I listened to today was the same thing, and that's everyone was you got a lot of fans out there, a ton of fans actually trying to figure out. Well, I don't understand why we're making such a big deal. Out of the, you know, a lot of guys got cut, um, but Tebow's the only one everyone's covering, and I guess that's correct, but that's because he's Tim Tebow. He he was an unbelievable college quarterback, and he made a big splash, and so he became a big story. Um, came into the NFL, he 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 was you know wanted to be so great, he really wasn't. The the Tebowing when he would when he would score or something big would happen, and 
it just he became such a bigger story than just a a, a dude, right? And and so yeah, for him to um, come back, you know, after trying baseball and that not working, uh, he's Tim freaking Tebow, so it becomes a big deal. And even though I'm sure a lot of you don't want it to be a big deal, it is a big deal. And and of course, so that's why we're all talking about it. I, I'm going to be thankful that this will be over and we can be gone and we don't have to worry about it anymore. But um, it, it's it's only a big deal because it's Tim Tebow. And yes, there were a lot of guys cut, uh, but none of them were as big as Tim Tebow. So that's why it's getting the coverage because uh, it is what it is. With that, Tim, I bid you adieu. I hope we never have to talk about you ever again unless, you know, you do something stupid on TV. Don't do that. Let's move on. Uh, another big story in the NFL. And I think this is going to become a bigger story because you're going to, this is the first team to do this. And so uh, you're going to have other teams do it. I don't know if Seattle's going to do this or not. Um, on on top of you had the Falcons announced that they were the first team to have a hundred percent vaccination in their team and staff, which is great. Uh, the Raiders announced today, this is, it's a big deal. The Raiders announced today that they're going to require proof of COVID-19 vaccination from all fans attending home games in 2021. First off, I want to say I, I've always been a, a shit talker about the Raiders. Um, I I don't know what it is, but we got to see uh, got to see that the new stadium um, on TV Saturday when the Seahawks were playing down there. I I've watched a YouTube series on them building that, and I have a I've always had a humongous fascination with the construction and design of stadiums. I'm not sure where it came from, except for the fact that I was into architecture as a kid i would always draw up floor plans of shopping centers and houses i still have booklets of graph paper of me with these um, house plans and so uh, and then uh, the mariners built their new stadium and so i think i just got that interest there so i watched the youtube series and then building that i have to say whether you're a fan of vegas uh the raiders or not that stadium is kind of cool <laughs> it's like just this shiny black like thing in the desert in Vegas. And I, I don't know why, but I just, I really, really like it. So I digress. Uh, anyway, so the Raiders are going to require proof of vaccination um, for all home games in 2021. This is a big deal. Um, you're going to have some teams, I guarantee you, will not do this. Unless the NFL comes out and like mandates it, which I don't think they can do. Um, this is a gigantic deal. The Seahawks, I could see them doing it. Um, this goes into effect week one when the Raiders take on the Ravens, which is an interesting one because if I remember correctly, Lamar Jackson has had COVID twice, and I don't think he's had the vaccine. And I think that this applies to players as well. So if you are a player and you don't get the vaccination, are are you not going to be able to be in there or is this just fans? This, these are things I need to dig into and find out. Cause this was talked about on um, radio today as well, where, well, does this apply to, f- to players too? Because it should, if you're going to require your fans to your players should be held to the same rules. I think um, 
So, yeah. So attendees will be asked to provide their information uh, through Clear's free mobile app uh, and the Health Pass feature, which will allow fans to attend games without wearing a mask. So the the big deal here is that you'll be able to operate the stadium at full capacity without masks for fully vaccinated fans the entire season, which is cool because I have not yet been to a sporting event uh, since I started to open stuff back up, but I got to imagine that sitting there with a mask on is kind of annoying. And I'm a pro mask guy. Like I got no problem with wearing masks. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm still, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm still wearing my mask in public when I'm in, in spaces where I'm around people close in close proximity. But sitting on the out, you know, sitting outside watching a baseball game, I bet you it's kind of weird wearing a mask. So uh, to be able to do it fully, you know, without masks, that's going to be great. Uh, and then they, I noticed they also, and I was reading stories about this today, that unvaccinated fans will have the opportunity to receive vaccinations on site prior to home games uh, and then permitting those newly vaccinated fans to attend wearing a mask. So those ones that get vaccinated at the game because they obviously have not gone through the two week period of technically being quote unquote fully vaccinated, they'll be able to attend the game wearing the mask with proof that they just received the vaccination there at the game. That's cool. A way to get, get it there. So um, I would love to, without making this political, if you make it political on my social media for this podcast, I will delete your comment. This is not a political thing. This is the, the, you want to make it that all you want. It's not a political thing. It's a human being society. Um, be a good human type of thing. Um, if your views are different than mine, that's totally fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but don't be an asshole about it. Okay. I'm not going to be an asshole about my views, but I'm going to tell you flat out if you're going to be one on my social media about this, I don't want to hear it. What I do want to hear, though, is your thoughts because this is in this whole COVID thing with sports because sports was the one that started the whole thing, right? So COVID was 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 kind of beginning to show up. All of a sudden, you have a positive test in the NBA and shit, shit hits the fan and stuff starts shutting down. Leagues start shutting down and sports was really the first big thing in our world to say, wait, we're not going to do this. We're shutting down because of this disease, this virus, right? So now we've had a full NFL season in our COVID environment without fans in a lot of stadiums. Super weird. Now we're going into the next season of it. We want to obviously have full capacity stadiums. But how do we do that safely, right? Whether you believe COVID is real or not, a whole other subject for a whole other day on a whole different podcast. I want to know, as an NFL fan, if your team says, hey, we are going to require you to prove you're vaccinated to attend. Are you okay with that? Do you hate it? If you hate it, why? Is it because you think it infringes on your right or whatever? without making it political, which I know is difficult, I, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter um, at common ground FBP. Um, I'll post something on there uh, when I get this pod with this episode up and running, but um, it doesn't bother me mainly because I am fully vaccinated. And I mean, even though the cards they give you are stupid because they don't fit in your wallet, <laughs> there's like, they're the dumbest size ever. So I think there's a digital one you can get and I'm going to have to look into that, but um, it doesn't bother me at all. But again, I'm fully vaccinated, so maybe there's some out there that are Raiders fans that will probably hate this because they don't believe in getting the vaccine. They're not going to get the vaccine, which is totally fine. 
if that's if that's your choice. Um, I don't believe in vaccines being required, like mandatory. Um, but um, just like no shoes, no shirt, no service, any business can refuse service to anyone based on their own rules. So if the Las Vegas Raiders in their stadium, was that Allegiant Stadium or whatever it's called, if they want to refuse service to someone who's not vaccinated, that's their choice. That's how it works. That's how our society works. So uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So head to Twitter, either at uh, WENSEA Sports Fan, my personal one, or uh, better yet, head to the podcast one at Common Ground FPP. So uh, very interesting. I want to see where it goes from here, which teams follow this. Will Seattle be one of them? Um, I'm not sure. Well, we shall find out. And then, uh, finally, in the NFL news, this came out a couple weeks. No, well, I guess it was about a week ago. And uh, obviously, every year we have rule changes with the NFL. It's one of the things I like about this league. They always seem to evolve and change. But the problem is, is sometimes they get things wrong. So they'll change rules that we all agree on and we think they're great. Um, and then they'll change other rules that we think is stupid. And the taunting rule that they have decided to put an emphasis on this season, that's the key word, making it a point of emphasis uh, is stupid. <laughs> if I'm being honest, they announced on uh, last Tuesday uh, that as part of its stated commitment to protecting players from unnecessary risk, while keeping the game fair, competitive, and exciting, it would implement new rules and emphasize others for the betterment of the game. So, they told their officials to strictly enforce the taunting rules, which includes automatic ejection of players who accrue, accrue, sorry, I, I learned how to read yesterday, who accrue two taunting penalties in a game. The player may also be fined or suspended or both, depending on the severity of his transgression. Um, dumb. This is why you get made fun of and become the no fun league. I get it in the here's some things. To keep the game fair, I there's some taunting that yes. Should, should totally have a flag called when you run down the sideline and all of a sudden you kind of turn around and wag your you know uh, wave your finger at somebody who's trying to catch you um, or you stand over somebody and start talking shit those kind of taunting okay but if they're going to make it a point of emphasis you know these officials are going to find the stupidest things to uh to call taunting on right and the problem here is now if you get two penalties in the same game for taunting, you're going to get ejected from the game for taunting. They finally let you guys do these cool um, celebrations in the end zone to get a touchdown. But no, 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 no taunting. Don't you dare do that. And if you do, we're going to kick you out of the, the game itself and we're going to fine or suspend you or possibly both. No fun league these are the these are the changes that they make that drive me crazy and and i i understand the keeping the game fair and we got kids watching we want to teach them good habits but 
come on. If you, if <laughs> I, I, I let them play the game, that's my thing. So the renewed effort to enforce taunting rules will target baiting or taunting acts or words and abusive, threatening or insulting language or gestures toward players, coaches, and game officials. I just, I just, why, why do we have to have an emphasis on it? Why does it have to be like a focus? You want to call taunting fine, but there shouldn't be an objection. Make it a penalty, make it a really strong penalty, which it will be. And call that, but you, you, to bring it out there and say, we're going to emphasize this and we're going to tell our officials, make sure they're watching closely for this and they better flag it. You're going to, you're going to come up with, with, you're just going to cause a, sh- a shit show, a, a storm of, of people bitching on Twitter. Um, when one of them is called in a game that is absolutely ridiculous, I think I, I did not have a ton of time to put this show completely together when I was trying to push two weeks together. Um, in looking up details on this, I'm pretty sure there was a game. It might've been the Colts game last week in the preseason game where there was a, just a taunting penalty called and it looked like it was already just, it set Twitter ablaze. People were so mad. So you already have it in it's preseason, the games that don't matter. So now what's going to happen when you hit, uh, a game that does matter and you got to call taunting. So I, I don't know. To me personally, I don't like it, but that maybe that's just me. All right, so that's our NFL news of the week. Let's zoom around the NF- rest of the NFC West as part of our new Common Ground Football Podcast format, and let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. These are going to be quick. Again, I'm going to focus more on these teams and what they did when we hit the regular season. Recap their games, any big deals that happen, and then. Um, anything else that happens during the week that that is a big deal for him. But right now we're in training camp. I do not have the time to focus on all four teams and their preseason workouts and who's getting cut and all that stuff. So my focus is on the Seahawks. And I'm just kind of keeping an eye on things with the, the three others. Um, and then, of course, looking up results. So Cardinals... <laughs> One bright spot in the division when it came to preseason. They beat the Cowboys 19-16, to 16, and I have written down here, yay, because they beat the Cowboys in a game that doesn't matter whatsoever. So, um, again, like I said last week, the Cardinals, if Murray has a great season and continues to develop and, and get better and better, which I think he will, out of the four teams, they may be at the bottom but they're going to be sneaky and the seahawks if they collapse and don't have a good year i mean i i i'd watch out for the cardinals i think they could make some noise the los angeles rams lost the chargers 13 to 6 uh one of the stories i keep seeing on them is how they are going to continue to rest starters for the preseason which i a bajillion bajillion not a real number but i'll say it anyway bajillion percent agree with especially with a three-game preseason, there is zero reason to play your normal starters. If they, As I said at the beginning of the podcast, if there is a player that is an already an automatic starter, they're a big contract, you know they're going to start, you sign them to start, a.k.a. your starting quarterback, your starting offensive lineman, your starting defensive lineman, 
You're starting everything. Zero reason to play them over three games. Their spot is already done. Now you got lots of other players, second, third, fourth, fifth string players that are battling for spots. Those guys, absolutely. Get them out there, see what they got, and and let them compete to get a spot on your final regular season roster. But I don't want to see my starters out there. I don't want to see them out there getting hurt. I don't want to see Russell Wilson out there hurting himself. I don't want to see any of those players out there. Keep Bobby off the field. Keep Jamal Adams off the field. Keep all those guys off the field. Let them them practice. That's it. Okay? So good for the Rams, saying they're going to keep resting starters. Absolutely should. I hope the rest of the league does the same thing. The league is better when all of the best players are actually playing and not hurt. And we have seen a scary trend in the last few NFL seasons of more and more of these big-name players getting hurt. And you got bigger, stronger dudes playing a game, and the injuries are going to be ramped up. You're going to have more of them. And some will argue preseason helps prevent that. I don't think that's true. If it helped prevent that, we wouldn't have as many injuries as we do. But the the sport itself is better when your stars and your big-name players are out there instead of you going into a game, playing a team that's beat to hell, playing their third-string quarterback and a bunch of no-names, and it just, to me, is no fun. That doesn't make That doesn't make the game exciting. So rest your guys. Don't let them play in the preseason. Just... Play the guys that are trying to get a spot. Uh, Dennis's San Francisco 49ers lost to the Chiefs 19-16. to The the, uh, the thing to watch down there, of course, is a quarterback race, and it is heating up. Uh, apparently, both Lance, Trey Lance, and Jimmy Graps are playing really well in practice. Lance had a decent game in the preseason game, um, and then they just released Rosen today. So... Um, he did not do well, and they got enough going on down there. The question's going to be who starts week one. Um, I would assume, even if Trey Lance has an amazing uh, preseason the rest of the way, I got I still got to assume, unless they move Garoppolo before the regular season starts, it's going to be Jimmy Graps. Okay? However, don't be shocked if before the trade deadline that guy has moved I, I i don't expect jimmy garoppolo to finish the season with the niners i just don't there is no way uh that they're going to finish the season with him if if trey lance is ready to go they will find the right package to trade that's what's going to happen and they're playing it beautifully they're 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 they keep talking about how both of them are doing great got a coach coming out there saying oh i've never seen garoppolo look so great Ah, oh, Trey Lance looks amazing. And Lynch is out there, same thing, and talking about how, oh, yeah, Trey Lance looks great. He's a, he's just fantastic. And and so it, it's they're setting it all up, right? They're setting it all up for, for what we know is is coming down, and that is that that Garoppolo's time in in San Francisco is almost over and it's going to be 
Trey Lance and and his time to to shine down there. And I mean, that's kind of awesome. I I think I mentioned I kind of feel bad for Garoppolo because he just he just he's supposed to be this big thing and he just not. And I like the guy, but I don't know. I hope he gets traded somewhere where he can make a difference and he can show that he can do it. Um, it's obviously not going to be San Francisco. So, and I know Dennis would probably agree with that, but, uh, yeah. So that's, what's going on in the rest of the NFC West. Um, let's talk about our Seahawks. Shall we? The, uh, I had originally written down that I was going to sit there and sit here, sit there, sit here and talk about the, the hold-ins. Cause that's the new thing, right? You don't hold out anymore. You hold in. So you show up to practice but you don't play that way you don't get fined but you're there and you're saying hey listen i would love to practice but i'm not gonna practice until you extend my contract and uh but i'm here kind of marshawn lynch i'm here so i don't just here so i don't get fined right so you got jamal adams and you got Dwayne brown both of which are there but but they're not playing right because they want new deals and one of those deals happened today. Jamal Adams got extended, signed a gigantic deal. He wanted to become the biggest or the highest paid safety. And uh, he now owns the biggest contract ever at that position. And I got some mixed feelings about it. Do I think Jamal Adams is a good player? Hell yeah, I do. And I think that not only is he a, good, a, a great player, I think he adds a, a presence in the locker room that those other players in that team love. And the fans love him. I think when I, look, so when I sit here and look at the numbers, and I see that they gave him four years, $70 million extension. Makes him the highest paid safety in the league. And it's something like it's not even close to the the previous record holder. I think it's I mean it's like sixteen percent higher. I mean maybe I'm wrong on that. I mean it's double digit percent higher than now the one below him. So they didn't even like break the record by a little bit. They broke it by a lot. So but I sit here and I look at a deal that has a max value of $72 million over the four, new, four years. He's getting a $20 million signing bonus. $38 million is guaranteed. So I sit there and I look at that and I'm like, all right. If, if he was a pure safety, hell yeah. The problem with Jamal Adams is, is that what he is, though? Is he a pure safety? He's not. Is he? I mean, the guy actually talked about how he, the plan was Seahawks put their final offer on the table, right? They put it out there. They said, and it was this deal right here. And they said, this is our final offer. And we, we're we not going to budge on it. And the thing is, like, eventually you're going to have to play. And then we're going to franchise tag you next year if we have to. And that's Jamal Adams came out and said, well, I'm going to try and change my, my, um, my position then so that I'm actually a linebacker. 
instead of a safety to try and get even more money. So the guy himself doesn't even necessarily see him as a as a true safety because he's not. He doesn't necessarily cover well, I don't think, right? But what did he have last year? Nine and a half sacks? Is that what he had? I mean, he's, he's, he is ridiculously unique at his position. That, that is, that's for sure. But is it worth $17.5 million a year? I'm, I don't know. Nine, yeah, nine and a half sacks what he had last year. 14 tackles for a loss, 30 pressures. He had a great year. And he missed four games with a groin injury. And he had other injuries, so he wasn't even fully healthy. So the thing is, I guess when I look at this and I and I and I really think about it, I think I think they overpaid because I don't think of him as a complete safety, if that makes sense. However, he could absolutely in the four years show all of us who are maybe doubting it a little bit that we just need to shut up, right? He could come out there and and he could have an amazing four years because we haven't seen a fully healthy Jamal Adams. So maybe a fully healthy one plays even better in that state. Maybe he covers better. But I'll take the nine and a half sacks and I'll I'll take what he does on the field. And I certainly hope that he proves that I that he's not overpaid, that he actually was paid exactly what he should be, which is close to Bobby Wagner money. What's Bobby's at what, 18 million a year? So he's right there. I I don't know. I I Dennis texts me right afterwards and, and said, you know, good lord, is this was this a good deal? And I, I don't know. I see a lot of the guys that I that I follow out there in the Seattle sports media that that most of them most of them think it's a great deal and they're happy. There are a couple and that I respect a lot that think the complete opposite, that they think this is a terrible deal and that the Jets are probably laughing sitting there going wait we won this because you got to remember the seahawks gave up two first round picks for this guy so they had no choice they had to they absolutely had to sign him to an extension you can't let a player of this caliber that you paid two first round picks for you can't just let him walk you can't just let him go they were absolutely going to have to franchise tag him if, if an extension didn't happen this season an extension was 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 just it was it was going to happen. Nothing you can do about it. But there's some out there that believe that this is a, a just a big big old mistake by the front office. And maybe it is the thing with the, the thing with these big contracts with all these players is that only time will tell. Like he 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 could absolutely be worth every single penny, or he could be a complete bust. But we won't know until we get to actually like see him play and see what happens i certainly hope that it's him proving us doubters wrong and showing us that he's worth all of it again i think he's a fantastic player and i am ridiculously happy that he is going to be in a seahawks uniform now for hopefully four more years 
What I will say is that on the heels of this, John Schneider, if you're listening to my podcast, which I know you listen to every single week, I know you do. Dwayne Brown better be next. You can't give out this extension. Have your quarterback sitting there in the media telling you that he wants Dwayne Brown extended because he needs him out there. You can't see the offensive line play play without him and, and not know that you absolutely need him out there. You can't have him sitting on the sideline. I would not be shocked if he doesn't if he just sits out games. He needs to be next. The offensive line is not that great. It just really isn't. It's better. It's decent. It made Russell Wilson happy, but Dwayne Brown not playing, that won't make Russell Wilson happy. You just basically said that we will, you know, we will keep Russell happy. We'll let him have more say. Um all that crap. And now his most important guy protecting him is sitting on the sidelines not practicing because he wants a new deal give him the deal he has to be next quit wasting everyone's time and just give him the damn money we need him um that's just one of those where you just can't screw around with and i was kind of hoping that brown would be first and then adams after but now that you got the jamal adams extension done you have got to get Dwayne Brown extended get him back on that field get Russell comfortable and and so he can go so we can get this out there right because let's move on into the Russell Wilson part of this um Max Kellerman on on ESPN um I can't play it because it's ESPN and it's copyright and I get in trouble basically what Kellerman said was was the Seahawks are wasting Russell Wilson's prime and I have said this for years. Take out how I feel about Russell and how I'm not a humongous Russell Wilson fan. He's still a great quarterback. I don't know if he's elite, but he's still a great quarterback. Are the Seahawks wasting his prime? I think it is a fantastic question and one that probably all of us have maybe different opinions on. I I, I tend to agree with it. It was the 2013 season, okay, eight years ago that they won Super Bowl 48. Eight seasons ago. Now, I know they went back the next year and whatever, right? Let's remember, though, those first two Super Bowls, they didn't necessarily get there because of Russell Wilson. He was a big part of it. Absolutely. Huge part of it. But it was the defense that carried that team to a championship and then a back-to-back appearance in the Super Bowl. Okay? So then you had this defense happening, and then and then it started falling apart because you had these guys going off to other teams making big money. You got a salary cap. You can't pay them all. You had to make tough decisions. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, Russell had to take over. And even though it's a Pete Carroll team, which means it's a defensive-minded team, still Russell Wilson's your quarterback. It's been eight years. That's a long time. It feels like forever ago to me. 
And I don't know if that comes from being a giant Mariners fan. It's been 20 years <laughs> since they've even touched the playoffs. It's not like they haven't had success. The team is the team has gone to the playoffs. Russell Wilson has been in the playoffs every single season he's played except for one. But we've talked about for the last so let's let's say six years, right? Since since they played six seasons, basically. Last six ones. We have talked about how what the hell are they doing? Why aren't they paying some offensive linemen to protect Russell? They never seem to want to invest in offensive linemen. They always would piece together these weird puzzles of a, of a line to protect him. Never made any sense. In the prime of his career. He's not getting any younger. And yes, the guy takes care of himself. And he wants to be like Tom Brady. And he wants to play until he's 50. But he won't be in his prime at 50 years old. He just won't. His prime, he's already in it. So, again, we went through an offseason where they made some improvements, but did they really invest a ton of money, resources? Did they piece together an offensive line that's going to let Russell fly, let him cook, you know? I, I don't. I don't think they did. I think they, again, I think they improved it, but they still didn't necessarily go all out. They still seem to focus more on the defense, which is okay, except for Pete Carroll likes to play a defense that just doesn't work anymore. It's archaic. I, I, I tend to agree with Max Kellerman. I think they are absolutely wasting his prime. The problem with, with, with all of this is a franchise quarterback right there'll be a quarterback after russell and there'll be another quarterback after that but a franchise quarterback on a on a on a, an elite level we'll call russell semi-elite they don't come around all that often it's very rare that a team goes from one and when that player is done they move on right into the next one and it's the same caliber same level of quarterback. When the hell does that happen? It doesn't. You, I mean, Seahawks had Matt Hasselbeck, right? And he was not elite. He was a good quarterback. He did go to a Super Bowl with this team, and it was fun. But then they went through Clipboard Jesus, Whitehurst, at Tavares Jackson, you know, we had, who else we have? <laughs> we had, but we had these, we had players that were not anywhere near. They were basically, it was like trying to fill a hole until they found Russell. And even then they had signed Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn was supposed to be the guy because of, he, he did amazing in one game. They gave Matt Flynn a bunch of money and then Russell kicked his ass in, in preseason and won the job. Do you think that they, what are the chances of them going out when Russell gets towards the end, when he's finally ready to hang it up? Will he even play with the Seahawks in his later years? I mean, Tom Brady went off and, and said, okay, well, I've had my fun in New England. I'm going to Tampa Bay now. So when Russell's ready to leave Seattle or ready to be done, whenever, whatever happens, what are the chances they're able to draft or get another franchise elite level quarterback right away? I feel like it's slim to none. Don't they? Don't I mean it? Just never happens. 
maybe I'm missing an example in my head and that's quite possible, but it just doesn't happen all that often. So you cannot waste the prime of that level of quarterback when you have them on the team. You should be spending your money, aligning your resources to protect them and make sure that you are absolutely maximizing the potential of the team with them at the helm. It's been eight years since we won that Super Bowl. And me as a fan, the problem with that is that we got that taste of that championship. And so it's great they've made the playoffs, but I always want the championship. It's like, oh, great, we made the playoffs again. Hooray! Oh, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, didn't win again. Okay, well, that's a failure of a season. Hate saying it, but that's like, you know, it's different in, in, in my Mariner's life. I would, I would give anything for a one-game wildcard playoff. That would be a success for me. Seahawks, we've had a taste of the championship, so it's Super Bowl or bust every single year that Russell's up there. That's how I feel. So then the other question is this, because I thought about this too. Right off of this, Russell had a really bad second half to the 2020 season, a really bad second half. After playing at an MVP-type level where he was already being crowned MVP, he slid off into no man's land and was terrible that second half. It was obvious that some turnovers got in his head. There was some stuff that happened with coaching. Obviously, Pete didn't. It's like Pete didn't trust him. Whatever, all that stuff. We've talked about it. Well, I guess we haven't talked about it. We didn't do a podcast then, but it's been talked about <laughs> like crazy. He had a bad second half. He held onto the ball too long. Um, his offensive line didn't protect him very well. The play calling changed completely. Okay. What happens if he continues to struggle? I mean, we're all, everyone is assuming that, oh, well, he, he had a bad second half, but it'll be all right. He'll, he'll just, he'll, it'll, that, don't even worry about that. That stuff that's, that's last year, it's fine. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be great. What if he's not? They've, they've worked hard on trying to fix the things, right? They got a new offensive coordinator with a new offense. Russ seems happy. All his weapons seem happy. Everybody seems happy. We're going to see, you know, some new stuff. We're going to see a lot of quick passes. We're going to see, just see lots of cool stuff. But at the end of the day, the ball still is in Russell Wilson's hand and he has to perform. So what happens if he continues to struggle? What happens if he continues to hold on to the ball too long and takes some unnecessary sacks? Is it likely? No. It's not likely at all. It's Russell Wilson. But what happens? How many games into the season before we start going, okay, wait a minute, what is happening here? I'm just curious. I don't have an answer. I just don't. I don't. It's not, and, and, and I can sit here and be like, oh, well, I don't like Russell that much, so I'd be happy, and I think he's going to suck. I don't think he is. But it is intrigues me and it makes my brain go weird when I sit here and think about well what happens if he is still bad 
if the second half of the 2020 season Russell Wilson is the same Russell Wilson we see to open the 2021 season? What do we do? What do the Seahawks do? Your backups are Geno Smith. He'll probably get the, the spot. He's not the answer. He's garbage. I don't know. I, I think that it's something to think about. Not stress over, but I think it's something to think about. And because he, I guarantee he should not play at all in the preseason. Hopefully he doesn't. But we're not going to get any preview. It's just going to be week one. There he goes. Makes me a little nervous. I'm just saying. Think about that. That's another one. You got an answer to that question? Hit me up on Twitter, on the Twitter box. At Common Ground FBP. I'll post it on there. You guys can comment. Uh, lastly, uh, we've I've mentioned a bunch of stuff. That they lost their their preseason opener to to Vegas in Vegas. It was ugly. It was not pretty at all. the The nicest part of the whole thing was football was happening again, and you're like, "Cool, I get to see football on the field, and it's the Seahawks. That's awesome." That was it because it was all downhill and garbage after that. It was, it was ugly. So I don't even want to talk about it except for to say, remember, it is just preseason. We all tend to overreact um, unnecessarily. It's like overreaction Monday during the regular season. The preseason, the same thing happens where you're just like, God, that was, that was a bad loss. What do we do? It's, it's a preseason. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, were there things that were concerning? Sure. I saw a, a, uh, a secondary, a de- well, I saw a defense in general that looked exactly the same as we saw, we saw last year that was so awful. A secondary that can't cover receivers. Uh, a, a, an opposing team that can just keep, just pass it all day on, on your defense and connect every time because they're not hard throws to make because you're not covering the people. You're not covering the guys. That was concerning. But then I had to keep reminding myself I'm watching third, fourth string guys. I'm not watching the starters. I'm not even watching second string. Like I'm watching guys battling for their job. And it wasn't good. So I certainly hope it's not the defense we see in the regular season because it was just awful. I didn't like it. So let's uh let's move on. They uh, real quick. Um Seahawks. Okay, so they're uh, back home in Seattle for the last two games of the preseason. It's Broncos this weekend, 7 o'clock game. Um, I don't even know what to tell you to look for because, honestly, it's just, again, pre- we don't know who starters are going to play. We don't know what's going to happen. Pay more attention. Sit on Twitter and just look for the updates from the guys that are at training camp and have all the good stuff and let that be your, your, your fill your need basically. Cause the games aren't going to do it until we get to that opener in Indianapolis on the 12th of September. That is just right around the corner. Holy crap. Holy crap. Faster than we thought. Okay. Uh, I said I would keep it to an hour, and you know how I how I do. Um, we're getting close, so luckily we're almost done. Um, I'm gonna, based on what I'll do, is I'll look at the listenership and see where we're at with downloads and all that stuff. And if I feel like there's enough, 
next week i will post the on monday i'll post the mailbag on twitter and facebook and if you got questions or you got something you want topic you want me to to touch on that'll be your chance to throw it on there and uh, i'll hopefully make it part of the show so hopefully next week that'll be back if i feel like it's going to be worth it i don't want to post it and then not have any responses which is entirely possible because our i'm basically starting from scratch right i have like nobody except for my buddy dennis dennis from ohio listens every single time i could post an episode of me just sitting here talking about star wars and he would absolutely listen so you all know him as dennis from ohio he's our niners fan um he's my buddy and i love have loved every ounce of his support for this podcast dennis you're the best what we did is Dennis from Ohio does a question of the week. We're going to get him some equipment so that we can uh, get away from doing the voicemail way of doing this. So I apologize for the audio quality, but it's because we're doing, he calls my phone, leaves a voicemail. That's where we get the audio from. Let's we'll do it old school. Plus this makes it feel like it's more of a radio call in. And isn't that more fun? I mean, this is like a mock radio show for me. So without breaks, we're just going an hour straight. So uh, here is Dennis from Ohio with his, uh, and again, he hasn't been able to do this for over a year, so he's very excited, and um, and it goes a little long, but just bear with him. I'm sure they'll shorten up a little bit, and I love the enthusiasm, and I love his excitement, and I love everything about it. So let's see what he's got to say in uh, this, this week's Dennis from Ohio question of the week. Woo! What is up, Mr. Brian McLaughlin? This has been a long time coming. And I am so excited and honored that you're asking me to be a part of your show again, hopefully on a weekly basis. Um, it's just good to hear you back on the radio, podcast, uh, doing the stuff that you love, talking about football. And sooner or later, you'll talk about Star Wars. Uh, my question for you, and I know there's going to be a lot of franchise people that may start to do this, but it seems as of late, a lot of these players want input into Head management, top-of-the-line management decisions, I understand they are the franchise player like uh, Aaron Rodgers has done it. Russell Wilson is starting to do it. Um, what are your thoughts on these players helping make decisions that could affect the team three, four, maybe five years down the road when those players that are helping make these decisions aren't going to be there? For instance, Russell Wilson wants a big change this year but then leaves next year. Um, are you okay with that? Um, it'll be curious to see um, how that plays out this year with the new offensive coordinator for you guys. Um, like I said, there's going to be a lot of a lot of cornerback um, challenges this year with a lot of teams. Uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, all those guys coming in competing for spots. So it'll be curious to see how that plays out too. Um, but I look forward to your answer. And again, like I said, it's great to hear you back on the radio, and, and we'll do this again hopefully next week. As always, it's Dennis from Ohio and. Go Niners. Oh, good to hear from me again, Dennis. Thank you, buddy. Um, I think that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a topic that is definitely becoming more uh, prevalent. I mean, we're seeing or relevant. Both those words work. (laughs) Um, you, you first started seeing this in the NBA, right? Like all of a sudden players like LeBron, are given more say in building their teams. LeBron says, I want X player 
and whatever team he happens to be on at that time goes and gets X player for him. So you're, you started seeing, I, I feel like the NBA is where it all started with players trying to get more um, control and trying to get more say in, in what's happening. So then you went and now the NFL, you're starting to see more and more of that in that sport especially obviously with these quarterbacks and you saw a perfect example this year with this offseason with russell wilson and and aaron Rodgers. um it's a i have mixed feelings because do i think a player like russell wilson should be able to go to 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 schneider to john and pete and say guys i want a better right tackle and here's the guy I want. Go get him. I kind of want to say, yeah, he has the right to do that. I think that Russell Wilson has earned the right to walk into their offices and say, guys, I'm not happy with this protection. I would like this guy. Please go get him. Or I want to do this play in this play. Can we do more of this type of offense? It doesn't mean they have to agree with him, but I think that he's earned the right to absolutely get a spot at that table to say, I want this. On the other side of it, and Dennis touches on it, I want X player, but then I'm going to be gone next year. So that makes it kind of tricky. But when you think about it, these players can tell you all they want. Oh, Russell Wilson, go Hawks. I love my Seahawks. Man, that guy was ready to leave. If they were going to trade him, he was going to be fine with it. His agent gave him four teams they could send him to. He was ready to go. And he still could be traded after this season. I think at the end of the day, these players are, yes, um, they want to win. But they want to win that season. And even bigger, it's not even necessarily about winning that season. They want to set themselves up for success down the road. So, Russell goes in and says, I want these players to be on my offensive line to help me get more protection so that we can win more games, possibly get to the Super Bowl and win another championship. That sounds fantastic, right? But the part that he's probably leaving out that he's thinking in his mind because all these players are all thinking about the almighty dollar because this is their livelihood. This is their career. This is what they do. And NFL careers are really, really, really short, really short. So, and you can sit there and go, oh, they got millions of dollars. They're fine. Yeah. It's a different world that we don't get to live in. I don't get to live in it. So, But I do know that the part that they're leaving out when they go in and say all that is that, well, and plus what I want to do is I want to do all that so that on my next contract negotiation, I can point back to that and say, look, we won another championship. We did great, blah, 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 blah. Pay me more money. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Because I don't think I am. I don't think I'm wrong even in the slightest little bit. Not at all. Does that mean that they're disingenuous and not like actually like wanting to win? No, of course they want to win. If you're a competitor in, in a sport, you hate to lose. Nobody likes losing. So, yes, they want to win. But I still think at the end of the day, they're focused on themselves, their family, their life, their future. And if having more of a say so that they can get the players they want to help them win so that they in the future can say, look how good I did. I mean, yeah, 
If you're Russell Wilson, don't you want to do that? And as a fan, do I have a problem with that? No. Because I know that he's still not the general manager. There may be times where I think Russell has probably got better ideas than maybe John and Pete do, especially Pete because Pete's ancient. But I think you'll start seeing more and more of this. I think Russell and Aaron have kind of now set a precedent that, look, we went to battle with our teams and we won. Russell Wilson is still a Seattle Seahawk. Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. Both of them basically got what they want or what they wanted. And they're going to play with their teams in the 2021 season. So who who won? The Seahawks front office is going to tell you, wow, we won that. No, you didn't. Russell Wilson won that. He threatened. You gave in. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He threatened. They gave in. He made some concessions. Russell probably, you know, Russell could still. There's still rumor out there that Russell could restructure his contract, that he said he would restructure his contract to do what he needed to do to get Dwayne Brown. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. I would love to see Russell do more of what Tom Brady has done. I know I won't see that. They don't think the same when it comes to their contracts. Russell wants as much money as humanly possible whenever he can get it. Tom believes that I will make the money down the road. Eventually, I will be, make a crap ton of money anyway so I can take less now, win more, get more rings. Russell wants the rings and the money. It's hard to have both. So I think you saw it with the NBA, and now you're seeing it with the NFL. We haven't really seen this in, in baseball, which is weird because in baseball there's no salary cap. So if you had like a star player that came to your front office and said, listen, um, I want to win more. Here's who I want you to go get. You think that would happen, but it really doesn't. I've, I haven't heard of it in an instance like that. But you're definitely going to see it more in the NFL. Uh, you, you'll see a ton of it, um, especially now that we've had an offseason where Russell and Aaron showed that you can you can go to battle with your team and you can make those demands and you'll get them. So. Dennis, thank you, sir, for your question of the week. I look forward to next week's and what you come up with. And yes, uh, for those that are wondering, I know we we did a lot of Star Wars on this podcast before. Andrew and I love I still love Star Wars. Yes, we will I will cover some Star Wars stuff. The problem right now is that we don't got anything out there to cover. Like there isn't really anything unless you're a Mandalorian watcher. We're all sitting around waiting for the next season of that. What a beautiful show. If you have not watched The Mandalorian, go watch it. Please. Um, there's just not, well, obviously the, 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 the saga, the, the Skywalker saga is over and, and all that. We'll get into it on a different time, but yes, Dennis, we will talk some star Wars for sure. Um, again, mailbag back next week, possibly we'll see what the numbers look like. I would love to get, uh, more interaction down the road. Eventually when we start, uh, Twitch streaming, uh, these recording sessions, because I can basically do these in one take now, which is fantastic. Um, those will be so much easier to do, but I'll be able to interact with, uh, Twitch chat. And if that doesn't work, we'll try YouTube. We'll, we'll try everything. It'll be fun. Um, in the meantime, you want to help us grow and help your favorite podcast, uh, become bigger and better. Uh, the best thing you can do for, for me is leaving a review on Apple podcasts. Um, I know that there's, there's plenty of other podcast network uh, things out there, apps out there. You probably use 
if you're an Apple user, it makes a big difference when reviews are left in there and helps basically the algorithm get that podcast towards where it needs to go. So if you have not, please go on to your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, give us, give me as many stars as you feel necessary. And, and I don't care if it's a bad review. Leave it, please. Uh, I prefer good ones, but if you got a bad one, that's fine. Um, put it on there. And then the other thing is whatever podcast platform you use to listen to shows, please share, tell your friends, and help me grow. I love doing this, and I want to keep doing it, and uh, hopefully uh, I can grow and and do that. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying the, this new version of the Common Ground Football Podcast. Lots of fun things coming down the road. Like I said, the regular season will be something totally same, but also totally different, really, with the stuff I have planned. So um, that's all I got for this week. Enjoy preseason week two. Vomit. <laughs> it's gross. It's going to be awful. But you know what? Even as awful as it is, it's still football. Football's back. And we're only mere weeks away from meaningful games. And we get 17 of them this year. That's awesome. All right. Until next week, go Hawks.